Welcome to Samford University's Campus Worship. We hope you enjoy the presentation. Good morning. Woo-wee. <laughs> what a privilege and honor to stand before all of you today. I thank you, Matt, for inviting me to uh, speak on this scripture. I consider it a huge responsibility at any time to speak about the word, to speak about God, and to share my witness. I must thank my dear friend Martha, who has been ministering to me with this. And I thank you not only for your friendship, but for your ministry to me and to others in all that you do. And my sons, thank you for holding my hand so I wouldn't fall down the steps and all that good stuff. And for my son, Eric, for he, was, he sent me a text. Well, they say I need to be somewhere else. Do you really need me there? Uh-huh, I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. So I appreciate that. And all of those, my colleagues and friends and the students that are here, uh, for giving your time to come and speak. Dr. Curlin sent out the ask those of us to participate in this series of conversations with Jesus, and I chose Jesus Jesus' conversation with the woman at the tomb. Now I'm going to read the scripture, and I'll, I'll preface my talk with, um, it's probably I'm a little kind of odd. I don't know if I'm odd in my mind or I'm odd because I say it out loud. It's probably the latter. You're like, oh, did she really say that? Did she really say that? So please open up your hearts, and I ask the Lord to flow through me and to minimize me and maximize his spirit. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, John 20, verses 10 through 18. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. She said, sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried in aromatic rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what, she, what he had said these things to her. Amen. When I read the scripture, and we've heard the stories, and we've heard the scripture time and time again, there was something that jumped out to me in a story, a children's book, that came to my mind that many of you being in the age group that you are, are probably familiar with the book, Brown Bear, Brown Bear, what do you see? I see 
a yellow duck looking at me. I remember reading that book over and over and over to my sons as they were growing up. So why did this come to my mind? Mary, Mary, who do you see? She saw a gardener. That blows my mind. That just blows my mind. It blows my mind. Jesus had arisen. And when she looked upon him, she saw a gardener. Okay, stay right there for a minute. Let's say what was going on before that. Early in the morning before dawn, Mary and other women had gotten up to go to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. They had spices, and I'm just going to imagine that the ladies are walking, and they're just burdened with grief and sadness at the crucifixion. So they're walking, and then they see that the tomb had been opened and the body wasn't there. Then what did they do? They got each side of their dresses, and they got to running. Now, y'all got a dress on or they wear dresses, young ladies. You know that we can't run until we pull our skirt up. So, you know, they were moving. So they're running to tell that somebody had taken the body, right? They weren't skipping. They weren't walking fast. They weren't doing that power walk. They were running. So they ran all the way back to tell the disciples that someone had removed Jesus from the tomb. Then two of the disciples, Simon Peter and John, they got up, and what did they do? They ran back to the tomb. And who was running with them? Mary. So she done got her skirt again, and she got to running again. So when they got there, they got there, and they saw that the body was gone. They're looking, they're perplexed, they're believing. And the disciples left. What did Mary do? Help me out, help me out. Mary leaned, I imagine, up against the tomb because she was what? Tired! She was tired, she'd been running. She'd been running, y'all, she'd been running. She'd been running, she'd been running fast and she was tired, tired. And she was crying. Now, I imagine she done cried all over the weekend because of the crucifixion. Then she got up early that morning, and she and the ladies done cried all the way to the tomb. Then the shock, she crying and running to tell that they're gone. Then she crying and running back. She's tired, and she's crying. Then she pulls up some energy to look inside the tomb. And what does she see? She sees the angels. And they say, who are you looking for? Why are you crying? She said, just, just, I'm looking for Jesus. Where is he? Just tell me. Then when Jesus says to her, woman, why are you crying? It wasn't until he called her name. Where am I going? Mary was too distraught to see past what she assumed was the gardener. 
Her distress, her pain, did not let her see the Lord that was standing right in front of her. Today, we are busy, like some of y'all are right now, looking at your Snapchat and your Facebooks and your fingers all over that, whatever it might be. Like me, taking too much on, doing too much. To whereas the cloud of what comes into my life, I cannot see the beauty of God's blessings sitting in front of me. So when I look to see and I can't see it, then my four other senses are still in play, hopefully, hopefully, to be able, if he calls my name or when he calls my name, Cassandra, Cassandra, what you doing, girl? Then I can hear. But even when Jesus first spoke to her, she still didn't know. She still didn't know. And what also understanding about Mary, Jesus cast not one, not two demons, not three, not four, not five, not six. I had to go to the other hand. You see, seven, seven, seven demons out of Mary. In my small mind, if you don't knock seven demons out of me, I need to see you everywhere. I need to see you. I need to feel you. That's what's in my mind. But because of the anxiety, because of being overwhelmed, because of not understanding, she could not see and she thought he was the gardener. Love, grace, and mercy called her by name. Love, grace, and mercy. She had a relationship with Jesus. She had been traveling around with Jesus. And as a result of his teachings, she had a foundation. She understood. Now, she didn't see him when she looked at him. She thought it was the gardener. And when she spoke, he spoke and asked her the question, she still didn't hear. But when he called her by name, teacher, teacher. And then he gave her instruction to go and tell others, and she went right on. So she snapped back into the reality of her relationship with our Savior. And realized that he wasn't the gardener. In order for a relationship to exist. Our senses, the ability to see, the ability to hear, to feel, to touch, and smell the sweetness of the Lord, we have to have a foundation. If there is not a foundation, we don't know what God wants us to do or how he wants us to respond in any given situation, because there's no foundation. So if we find ourselves in the crux of a crisis and there's no foundation, we don't have anything to grab onto. We don't have an anchor, which is why it's important to build our foundation now. Genuine relationships 
are built on the intentional desire to have a relationship. I want to have a relationship with Matt Curlin. I want to have a conversation with him. We both grow. But if I'm walking around with my head down and I'm into my own world and just overwhelmed with what I consider to be issues, I can't even see the grace that is available and ready for me through my brother, through a conversation. How many of us are walking around campus and we don't even look up to speak to someone else? How many assumptions are we making about one another just because of where they're from, what they're doing on campus, how they look, whatever it might be. Are we having an intentional conversation to build a relationship, a relationship to affirm, confirm, or dispel whatever it is that might be in our minds, in our spirit? When um, my mother passed, was sick right before she passed away, and this is about foundation, went home, and I'm one of six, and we're just distraught. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. Couldn't do anything. And I was very upset because we, all of us are very connected to our mothers, not unlike many of you out here connected to your parents. And I'm thinking, Mom, you didn't tell us how to manage through this, through seeing you on your back, intubated, restrained, didn't know. My siblings, not me, my siblings were crazy. They're acting up. I didn't know what to do. So I took the night shift and would spend the night at the hospital. Now, as I spent the night at the hospital, I didn't know what to do. And all I could do, all I had, all I had. And in hindsight, y'all, <laughs> this was so much. <laughs> all I had was two songs. Two. Two songs. And I sat beside that bed, and I held on that railing. And I said, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. When I couldn't get the words out, all I could do was hum. Then I go on over to, precious Lord, take my hand. And where did that come from? That came from the foundation that had been built, dropping us off at church. And we sitting up there, we went to an old-time Baptist church where the deacon sat at the front, and they stomped and sang and had devotion, and the kids looking in like, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> didn't understand what they were saying, and what they, them call back him. I just know, mm, mm, uh, something, something, something. Didn't know what they were saying, but they were saying something, and it was a lot of stuff going on, and then we had to be called in to sit down. Didn't know that that humming and that moaning and those songs were being placed in the very foundation of my spirit.
So then when I did not know what to do, this is what was given to me. This is what was called up, like a habit, if you will. Like a habit. The athletes in the audience uh, know this all too well because you've been playing your sport for a long, long time. That you practice and you practice and you practice and you practice. And part of the practice is when you get tired, you automatically respond. So you've been playing, playing, I don't know enough about football. My youngest son plays football. I just follow his number. That's about all I could do with the football. That's about all I could do. I know a little bit more about basketball. Didn't play. Well, I played one year, but that was all they could take of me. So you're standing there. You're tired. You've been playing all these minutes in the game. You get fouled. Okay. You get up to the line for a free throw. Your body is aching. You take your stance. The stance, you know a little bit about this AP. <laughs> you take your stance and then you shoot. You shoot and you make it. You make it because you've been practicing. You make it because your body, your muscles are automatically going to respond to the stance. So when I was by my mama's bed and I kneeled, I didn't know what else to do but to pray. The song, I didn't know what else to do but to sing the songs that I knew. And the blessing in that was one of the nurses came um, the next day and she said, um, who is that in there singing to Miss Washington at night? And I just looked because I didn't think my voice was that loud. And she continued on and said, because her vitals level out. Wow, what a blessing. When I didn't know what to do, the habit of what has been put inside of me, the foundation, gave her peace in her incapacitated state. And some 16 years later, after her death, I can stand before you and share this witness, and it still brings me peace. Here at Sanford, we're blessed with an environment that is saturated with familiarity. We come from similar worship backgrounds. We know similar songs. We've been to similar places, all of that. Yet I'm going to ask, Samford, Samford, what do you see? What do you see? Do you see past what is familiar? Do you see past what you already know? Do you see past somebody's political orientation? Do you see past someone's comment in class to see who they are or even to learn who it is that they are? Do you see the bounty of opportunity to learn about others that are not like you? Or do we superficially see the negative stereotypes that the enemy presents to us to cloud our view? I submit any time that cloud comes up, the enemy is quite active because there's something on the other side that I'm supposed to get to. In summary, let's take this conversation that Jesus had with Mary as an opportunity 
to clear out the distractions from our lives. I don't know what they are for you. I know what they are for me. I grab my skirt hem a lot and pull it up and run. I'm running here, I'm running there. And I realize that that is not what I'm supposed to do. I have to slow down. I have to slow down. Now y'all can stand a little bit of running because you're young. Hello, hello. Y'all still young, so y'all got your Y'all got your running muscles together. So <laughs> you, can, you can come on because you you're building the foundation. Y'all can get up and go. Y'all can get up and go. But as you're getting up and go, going, in what direction are you going? Who are you going to connect with? Who are you going to embrace? Who's going to stretch you? How are we going to be stretched? There's a lot of mission work that is done here. And I commend it. But I'm going to challenge, throwing this challenge out today, do some mission work at 800 Lakeshore Drive. Let's do some mission work right here. Let's learn about each other because we will make each other better. There's too many folks going through things that we can support and help, and if nothing else, we can learn about. Because when the crisis comes, which it will, it will, because that's just part of life, what type of foundation are you going to have? Will it be a foundation that you can see the presence of the Lord when he appears. That you can hear his call when, you call when he calls your name. You can feel his love when it surrounds you. Can you taste the sweetness of his grace when it's poured out? And can you smell the sweet fragrance of his everlasting peace. As I ask you, what do you see? I'm going to ask, Cassandra, Cassandra, what do you see? And I see the beauty of God's creation looking back at me. Let's pray. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day and thank you for every heart that is here today. I pray that what you wanted accomplished was accomplished. I pray that we all open the eyes of our heart to love and care and learn one another even more in this beautiful environment that you've given us at Sanford University. And as we become better, with each other, that we go past 800 Lakeshore Drive and pour that out into the community and into the world as you so commanded. We need you, Lord, we need you. Our world needs you. And we need to be able 
to hear you, to see you, to feel you, and to taste and smell all the goodness that you present. In your most heavenly son, Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For more information about Samford University, check out samford.edu.